Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Epic. If you're new with us, my name's Trent. I'm one of the pastors on staff here. And like Tim said, we are in part three of a series called Tug of War. And we're talking about something that we love to do with God. It's kind of a game that we play. Uh, anybody uh, spend time when you were a kid playing Tug of War with anybody else or, you know, a camp or school or anything like that? Any Tug of War fans? Great. Well, we're really good at this, especially in our relationship with God, because when God comes along and says, listen, I've got a plan for you. I've got a will. I've got something I want you to do. He starts pulling this way. And when we don't like that plan, we start pulling the other way saying, no, thanks, God. I know you've got a plan for my finances, but I don't really like your plan for my finances. I've got a better plan. Um, I don't really like how you want me to interact with people around me, people who hurt me. So I think I'm going to do something different. So we play tug of war on a regular basis in our relationship with God between what God wants and what we want. And one of the things that we've learned in this series is that God has a great plan for us. We learned that in Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, God has a good plan for you and it's a plan to give you a future and a hope. And how many of you believe that? How many of you believe that God has a great plan for you? Great, hands up. I'm gonna ask those same people. How many uh, times do you battle God over that plan? Keep, uh, keep our hands up, yep, yep. So we're, we all have our hands up for that one, because here's what I think. I think, you know what, God, uh, you know, I've lived long enough to understand that my plans aren't always the greatest. Um, and I understand your plans are good, but there are many times my plans are better. You know, God, thanks for the good idea. I know that you're trying to develop character in me and all that good stuff. I think I got enough. So here's my plan for what I think should happen. And in, in those moments, I go right back into that tug of war with God. And it usually leads to some painful consequences that we experience in our lives. Now, not only in this series have we learned that God has a good plan for us and, and something we've got to learn to trust, we've got to learn to stop playing tug of war with God, but we've learned that God has a mission for us. And it's a great mission. It's the greatest mission that we could ever be involved in in our lives. And we learned that two weeks ago when we were looking at the story of Adam and Eve. And we saw that as God created them, right after he created them, he gave them a mission he gave them their primary mission, and it's our mission as well. And that mission is this. God says, listen, I want you to obey me, and I want you to take care of everyone and everything in the world. Obey me and take care of everyone. Take care of everything. We got that out of Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. But when we don't embrace God's mission when we don't obey him, when we don't do our best to take care of everyone that God has placed in our sphere of influence, we'll give in to what we called in this series a shadow mission. And a shadow mission is a lesser mission. It's a mission that distracts us from our true mission, the mission that God has given us. And so we watched Adam and Eve engage a tug of war with God over their shadow mission. He said, I want you to obey me. And they said, no, we want to be you. We don't want to obey you. We don't want you telling us what we can do. We don't want you telling us what we can eat. Like, we want your job. So we want to be our own God. And so they ate the forbidden fruit and led all of us into the epic battle that we have with God between his will and our will. And again, 
Anytime that we give in to our will, anytime we give in to that shadow mission, we find that we're not living up to God's true mission for our lives. Now, today I want to talk about something a little bit different, and it applies to not just individuals and the mission that God has given us as individuals. It's the mission that God has given his church. So I've said a number of times that um, I believe Jesus is the hope of the world, and he has chosen local churches to carry that message, the life-changing message of Jesus Christ, to a world that's dying. So you could say that the church, the local church, the global church is God's number one plan to reach the world for eternity. And so I think we've got a pretty big mission ahead of us as a church. And I want us to listen to the words of Jesus that he gave to his closest disciples. And I think he's given us still today. This is our mission. This is how he wants us to obey him and take care of everyone and everything around us. So let's look at that in Matthew 28. These are the words of Jesus, starting in verse 18. It's right after his resurrection. He's about to go back to heaven. He gathers his disciples, and he told them this. He said, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach these new disciples to what? What's that next word? Obey. Obey. That goes right back to our primary mission in life. Obey God. So teach these new disciples to obey all the commands that I've given you. And be sure of this, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, I'm looking for some audience participation for this next part. So feel free to to answer out loud as we look back at these verses and try to figure out what are those key things that God has asked us to do. So what are the things that God's asked us as a church to do? Make disciples. disciples. Yes. Baptize. Baptize people. Teach them. What are we teaching them? How to obey. How to obey his commands. What else are we doing? There's one more. What was that? Praying is a great one. There's one more in in that passage. Yep, Jesus is with us. Go. Somebody got it. Go. So he said go. So how many nations did God tell us to go into? All nations. Yep. So all nations, not just some nations, not just our nation, but all nations. Uh, That passage right there is one of the reasons why we take international mission trips as a church. As we started uh, almost eight years ago, before we we reached our first year of age as a church, uh, we were going on our first international mission trip. And at the beginning, uh, I said, listen, Missions has got to be an incredibly important part of what we do because it's what Jesus has sent us here for. And so almost eight years ago, it really was eight years ago, we went on our first trip to Guatemala. And over the past eight years, we've taken multiple trips. I'm not sure how many we've taken. We just sent two uh, trips this past summer, this past July, down to a partner church that we have down there, Iglesia del Camino. And it's been amazing to watch what's happened over the past eight years of our influence there. That passage is, is another one of the reasons why we went to Ukraine for the first time in July. So we went because God told us to go. Now, every once in a while... Somebody will ask me this question. Somebody will say, why do we take international mission trips? Why do you push that so much? We've got so many hurting people in our community. Like, why don't we help them? Um, Or somebody will say, you know what? Why don't we just send money over there 
and stay here and help the people that are here, and we'll send money. And we all know that when you send money, it solves all the problems, right? Okay. So I've got a couple of answers for those questions. We do serve here. We've got 3G Sunday coming up on October 22nd. I hope you'll be involved in that. On that Sunday, we will be the church for our community. We'll gather here for a quick pep rally, and then we will all go out together into our community, and we will serve our community through, I don't know how many projects we'll have then, but we will go and be the church on that Sunday morning. I love 3G Sunday. So we do things like that. We've got all kinds of things. We've got a food drive going on right now. Um, we, we serve through Habitat for Humanity, Alpha Pregnancy Center. We've got a lot of opportunities to serve local. Locally. But Jesus said, go into all the nations. So we have to go into all the nations to tell people about him. So Jesus' words give us our marching orders for what we should do as a church family. Now, I want to introduce you in, to a few other reasons why we go on international trips. So let me introduce you to a few new friends of mine. This little guy, his name is Vlad. And he's a 10-year-old kid in Ukraine that we got to meet this summer when uh, we spent two weeks there with him at, at this camp. And let me tell you Vlad's story. So his dad's not involved in his life at all, lives with his mom, and he's got two siblings. They lived in a part of Ukraine that was at war with Russia. So they were afraid for their lives. They were afraid that they were going to be killed. And so they decided, we've got to move. So he's a refugee. So they moved to a safer part of Ukraine. Um, but his mom couldn't find a job. Not like couldn't just find, you know, the perfect job that she wanted. She couldn't find a job. So she went to a school and she begged them, would you please let me clean your school in exchange for letting me and my kids stay at your school? So that was the agreement. So she cleans the school in exchange for uh, a room in the basement. No windows, no kitchen, no bathroom, no showers, no beds. But that's where they live, in the basement. Now, they're super grateful for that because it's, it's safe for them. But I want you to imagine how excited you would be to live here at Buddy Taylor Middle School because it's all you could find. So that's what he was facing. And little Vlad, he needed to know, like, hey, there's some adults out here who love you and can teach you about God, God's love and show you God's love and help provide for you and protect you. And we were able to do that for, for little Vlad. And he was like our little buddy all week, all week long, always looking for a hug. Let me introduce you to another friend. This is Petra. Uh, you could call him Peter. So Peter, his dad's an alcoholic. And his mom tried to put together a few little coins for him to, to go to camp, you know, his first camp experience. And for most of those kids, they've never had a camp experience in their life. They may never have another one again. So she was thinking, man, this would be an opportunity for maybe you to buy a couple of things at the camp. This would be great. His dad found it and took that money and uh, bought alcohol and drank it. We were told that 45% of Ukrainian families battle alcoholism in some way. 45%. We're talking almost half the country has got alcoholism, alcohol abuse, absentee fathers, uh, some sort of impact because of alcoholism in their lives. And so Peter needed to know that there were men who would love him, not abuse him, not hit him, 
but love him and show him the love of Jesus, take really good care of him. And it was awesome to watch Peter. So Peter was like our little fairness guard all camp long. So when somebody was playing a game, if somebody wasn't being fair, some bully was trying to bully around, he stepped up and said, "Uh uh-uh, we're not doing that. He tried to make sure everybody was taken care of and everybody got their turn. And it was awesome to watch his heart and compassion for other people. And so we got to love on Peter. Let me show you a few more of my friends. So this is Tanya and Natasha. So Tanya is the one in the purple jacket. And then Natasha has the the headband uh, around her head. Um, Both of these ladies have some uh, physical uh, disabilities in their lives. Tanya, um, her foot, left foot, when she was born, it was she was born with it backwards. So her left foot goes backwards. She walks that way. And she walks pretty much on her right ankle. And um, Natasha was born with Down syndrome. They both live in orphanages. And here's what they have to look forward to because they live in an orphanage. Uh, Ukraine doesn't have any transition care from an orphanage to adult world. So when they age out at about 18, 19, 20, somewhere in there, they will go and live at a hospice-type care facility for the elderly who are, you know, within moments, months of their death. That's where they'll spend the rest of their lives waiting to die because there's not a transition care there. So can you imagine how exciting that would be for them? You know, like, like maybe, like, their, their, their mind is great, but their body is just not working with them. And when they age out, sorry, the best you have is to go and sit in a room and stare at a wall and kind of wait till you die. So again, they don't get many opportunities. We had a a cabin uh, full of handicapped um, kids that were there, and they were amazing. Like, I've never seen people do stuff with wheelchairs and um, walkers like, like they have done. It was fantastic to watch. They were a part of almost everything we did and didn't want to miss out on anything. So one of the things that we did at the camp is we held a talent show. And I know talent shows, like, how big is that? You know, like, we do that all the time. We got America's Got Talent and Britain's Got Talent. Well, they have now Ukraine's Got Talent because we brought it to them. And it was fantastic. And we watched these kids who never get an opportunity to display what they're good at to anybody. And so they, we had songs and dances and skits, and it was fantastic. Well, Natasha did a dance routine, and she won the talent show. And so for her, as, as a young lady with Down syndrome, she's got all of, of the camp. And I don't know how many of there were 75 kids that were there, and then the adults, I mean, there's close to 100 people. They're cheering for Natasha, a moment she would never have ever in her life, ever and may never have that again. So we tried to make this like super wow, awesome, epic, the best camp ever that these kids would go. I remember when I was 10, I went to a camp and there were these crazy Americans and they did this crazy stuff. Like one of them dressed up like Arnold Schwarzenegger and that was me, yeah. So I was there to help them out doing the talent show. So like they did crazy stuff and it was the best week of my life. 
That's what we want to happen for them. So at this camp, so we did talent shows, we did face painting, we did games and games and games and mountain hikes, and it was a phenomenal experience. Um, We did English lessons, and we taught Bible lessons. And here was the theme of our Bible lessons. It was based upon overcoming. And so we told all these kids, we'd gather them up every morning, teach a new Bible lesson, and my wife and I swapped out on that, and we would teach them, you know what, you can overcome. There's no obstacle you face in your life that God can't help you. So we did all these goofy illustrations with that and had them do it with us. So I can overcome because God knows me or God hears me or God is is with me or I can overcome because God fights for me or God protects me. And so we taught them all these stories of Esther and Daniel and David and Gideon and Jesus. And at the end of the camp, we were told 35 kids and one adult put their faith in Jesus Christ for the first time in their life. So that's why we go on international mission trips. God said go. Lives can be changed for eternity. There could be 36 more people in heaven from Ukraine because of one camp experience that was had in 2017. So we go because God said go. We go because lives can be changed, and we go because our lives can be changed. I guarantee you, our teams that have gone to Guatemala our team that went to, to Ukraine, like we come home different because we're obeying God and doing our best to take care of other people. And when we go, uh, the common thing that we hear when people come back from our international trips is, I got way more than I gave. I came home full. I didn't give as much as what was given to me. So that's why we go on international trips. Now, the really cool thing is we've got kids here just like the kids in Ukraine. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but we have on any given Sunday over 150 kids that are in our children's ministry and our student ministry. Does that like amaze any of you? Like that amazes me. Um, Because when I was a kid, I hated church. My parents had me in church when I was from when I was little. And Sunday to me meant no fun day. Like that was horrible. Like, oh, it's Sunday again. Like this is terrible. Like I got, I can't play with my friends. I got to dress up. I got to go like sit in a class and listen to somebody lecture me about God's love for me. I'm like, this is horrible. I hated going to church. But you know what? My kids love church. That blows my mind. When, like we're on vacation or something, and I say, hey, gang, we're going to go visit another church. And they're like, nuh-uh, we're not going to any other church but Epic. We got to go to Epic. So I love that my kids love to come to church. We have over 150 kids that love to come to church. That's amazing to me. You could be a part of their story. We've got kids that come from rough family backgrounds. We've got kids that have really rough things happening in school, happening in their lives, and they need a loving adult who will obey God and take really good care of them, teach them what it means to engage God uh, at age-appropriate levels and how to have a real relationship with him, and you could play a part in that. But if we don't, if we don't go into our world, if we don't serve like our community if we don't serve our global community, we'll give in to a shadow mission. 
that says, you know what, life is more about me. It's about people taking care of me instead of me taking care of other people. And we'll give in to the shadow mission of trying to be our own God again instead of obeying God. Not only can individuals give in to that shadow mission, but churches and organizations can give in to that shadow mission. Um, Let me tell you about one organization in America from the late 1700s and how they gave in to a, a shadow mission that got them away from their true mission and how that can happen to us as churches. So in the late 1700s, there was a volunteer organization in Massachusetts that was founded with the specific purpose of seeking and saving those who were lost at sea. In those days, travel by sea was very dangerous given the the storms in the Atlantic and the rocky shoreline in Massachusetts, and many lives would be lost very close to the shore. So a group of volunteers decided to go into the life-saving business, and they formed uh, the Massachusetts Humane Society. That's not a place where you can go get a pet, Okay, so this is a place where, where you could be saved. And they built little huts along the shoreline equipped with boats and life-saving gear that they called huts of refuge. So there were all these little huts of refuge that scattered uh, along the coastline, and they would man those huts of refuge. They had volunteers that would sit in those huts of refuge, and they would look out uh, at the shoreline, and they would be looking for any ship going down, anybody in distress. And when they saw somebody was in need, somebody was close to shore, somebody was going to drown, somebody was going to die, they would uh, send up flares, they would send the word out, and they would get active, and they would go out to save lives. Now, they didn't do it because it was their job. They had other jobs. They did it because it, it was their mission. It was their purpose. It was their calling in life. And they understood the value of human life. And to remind them of how important their mission was, they came up with a slogan. So get this slogan. You have to go out, but you don't have to come back. So I want you to imagine going to work tomorrow and your boss is handing out new t-shirts with the company logo and on the back it has the new slogan. You have to go to work, but you don't have to come home. Like, can you imagine? Like, they were that serious about this Mission, they risked everything to save lives. Well, after a few years of saving lives, the U.S. Coast Guard was formed, and they started uh, to take over that task. And people started to think, you know what, like, we have professionals now that can do that. They get paid, they're trained. We should probably let the professionals do that. So eventually, they stopped manning the little huts of refuge, They stopped looking across the shore to see if if there was anybody in need. They stopped sending out ships to rescue drowning people. Now, this organization still exists today. So if you pay your dues, you can now be a part of what is called the Humane Society of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And you can be a part of what they do. They hold banquets. They hold ceremonies. They give out awards for people who do community projects. Um, They tell stories about the history of their organization. They just aren't in the life-saving business anymore. And the same thing can happen to churches. It may not happen in a day. may not happen in a month. may not happen in a year. But over time, a church, a small group, 
a ministry area, an individual Christian can forget the mission that God has sent us on. We can forget that we're supposed to be looking every day for those who are spiritually lost. We can forget that there are people so close to us, they are dying spiritually because we're not looking for them. We're not trying to reach out to them. And we can forget that Jesus left the greatest, greatest mission of all time in the hands of volunteers, people who don't get paid for it, people who just understand the value of human life. Now, when a church gives into that shadow mission and kind of forgets their primary purpose in life, they don't typically stop meeting. Some do, but typically they don't. They still meet, have worship services, um, think about the, the days when God did amazing things, but they just may not be in the life-saving business anymore. That kind of thing happens in churches all the time, and it can happen here. It could happen to us. I don't ever want that to happen here. I don't ever want us to forget why we exist. To help spiritually drowning people find Jesus. So that's why several months ago, our staff decided we're going to add a third service. And if you've been here over the past few weeks, you've heard me talk about that. If you're new with us, uh, I'm going to tell you about it today for the first time. So we've been watching over the past year and a half, and we've seen that, that we've hit our capacity in our two services. We found that we can only hold about 600 people in our two services, and that's where we've been. And so we've realized, you know what, there are thousands of more people in our community that are spiritually lost that need to be rescued, that need a place like, like a hut of refuge where they can come in and find Jesus. And so we had to talk about what we were going to do. Are we going to try to figure out how to reach those people? Are we going to say, you know what, let somebody else do that. You know, we, we got 600, that's great. We decided, you know what, we can't do that. We can't make that decision. We've got to find another way to reach more people that continually come. So we're going to add a third service again September the 10th, and we'd like your help with that. So on your seat is a little card. I encourage you to grab that. And as you do, I think some outside lights are going to come up so we can look at these cards a little bit together. Um, you may have to share with a family member uh, sitting next to you, but if you would look at the front of that card, it says, I choose. And today I'm going to ask you to, to, to choose a few things and how to help us reach more people in our community. You see under that it says, hashtag for Flagler, and that is our local missions tagline. Our, our tagline is for Flagler. We want our community to know that, that God is for them, and so are we. Too many churches are known for what they're against instead of what they're for. And so we want to be known as a church that is for our community. Underneath that, it says, this fall, we have an amazing opportunity to engage more people with the story of Jesus. And we will have three new service times beginning Sunday, September 10th. So remember that, September 10th. Um, every week, somebody comes in saying, is it today? No, it's September 10th. So, so mark that on your calendar. And we've got our three service times, 8.30, 10, and 11.30. Now, if you flip over the backside, you see two questions. The first question is this, which service will you choose to attend? So we're asking you in a minute to mark which service you're going to choose to attend and how many that are connected with you and your family that would be coming 
with you for that service. What that does is that helps us. That gives us information to know, hey, is our 8.30 going to be bigger than our 10? Or 10 going to be bigger than our 11.30? Just gives us a general idea about that, okay? That's all we're looking for. Now, we do think our 10 o'clock service is probably going to be our most popular time frame. And uh, that's a time frame we think that many of our new guests are going to be coming. So we are asking you to consider coming to our 8.30 service or our 11.30 service, and that'll free up that 10 o'clock service for for more new people to to come in and find a spot where they can grow in a relationship with God. So let me tell you the services, uh, the ministries that will be available in each service. So in all three of our services, we'll have our Tide Pool and Riptide. So that's birth to fifth grade. And then at our 10 o'clock service, we'll have our middle school ministry, which for us is 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, and that's called Pipeline. And then at our 1130 service, we'll have our high school ministry, which is called Surge. Now, if you look at the next question there, it says, which service will you choose to serve? Here's why we have that question there. We need your help. We are creating a whole new space where about 300 more people can engage a relationship with God. We need your help to make that happen. And let me tell you about some of the people who come. We have people who come each week that are in dire need of rescuing. We have people that come in. They're, they're in a very bad place spiritually, emotionally, relationally. People that come in, like they're on the brink of divorce. They're battling some big issue in their life. Some people come in and they're giving God one last shot. Like, this is it. I'm going to church. I've heard about this place. I'm just going to go check it out. And if whatever I think needs to happen doesn't happen, I'm walking away from faith. I'm walking away from God forever. Do you know why I know those people are here? I meet them almost every Sunday. I have those conversations with them. And you may be in that spot right now. And if you are, I want you to know this is a place that you can grow and learn about a relationship with Jesus, how he can transform your life. If you're not in that space right now, we need your help to reach more people in our community that desperately need to to know that information, that God loves them. So we have lots of opportunities for you to be involved. So we have, um, uh, on the main entrance where you walked in today, We have our ministry leaders and ministry tables. And so before you leave today, what I'm going to ask you to do is go spend some time out there and look at the different ministry opportunities there are. Talk to the ministry leaders. Ask, like, hey, what kind of opportunities do you have? And uh, get some questions answered. And I'm asking you to to decide, like, hey, I want to be involved in, in serving through this church family. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, if I decide to do that, then which service am I going to attend? That's a great question. Let me answer it for you. So our strategy over the past seven years has been attend one, serve one. So when we went to two services in the second year in life of our church, our strategy was, hey, attend a service where you can be spiritually fed and serve a service where somebody else can be spiritually fed. And so I'm asking everybody who serves through our church family, attend one and serve one. Attend a, you know, a service where, again, you can be fed by, by the Lord and what he wants to teach you on that day, and then serve a service where somebody else can have that same experience. So here's some 
options of what it could look like for you to choose a service to serve and choose a service to attend. Do we have anybody that loves to get up early in the morning? Any early morning rising people? Okay, so there's a handful of us. Yes, so I like to get up early in the morning. If you like to get up early in the morning, you could join our prep team. So our prep team gets here right now at seven o'clock in the morning to get everything transformed and ready for us on Sunday. When we go to our third service on September 10th, we will have that starting at 6.30. And those that went, woo, you probably don't like to get up early in the morning. Um, the rest of us who like to get up early in the morning, we're not bothered by that because by the time you know, you're having breakfast, we're having lunch. So you know, it's all good. So if you're like an early morning person, come help us with our prep team and, and help us to get everything ready. And then you can go home, come back later, attend any, any of those services. Now, if you don't like to get up quite that early, you could come to our 8.30 service. You could attend there. Then you could serve at our 10 o'clock service. If you have a middle schooler, you could come at our 8.30 and attend there, and then you could serve at our 10 o'clock while they're in uh, the, the pipeline ministry area. You could serve with them if that would work for, for you and your family. And no, your high schoolers, your middle schoolers, they can serve as well. So there may be a time that you say, hey, we're going to go attend together, and then we're going to go serve together. So you could figure that out for you. If you have elementary school kids, you could leave your kids here and go to a three-hour breakfast. I'm just saying, there's three services. You could be gone for a long time. Nobody would know it. But please don't do that. Like, that would be horrible. I'm, I'm going to be scolded after the service by our children's ministry leader, which is my wife. So <laughs> don't do that. You could serve in a lot of different ways. So there's tons of opportunities for us to serve. And I, I really hope that you will um, consider doing that. Now, let me be clear about something before we wrap up. You're not writing your name on this. Nobody's going to be looking to see if you checked the box. So if you're new to Epic and you're like, I don't even know if I like this place. It's great. Hang out with us. Uh, if you want to come back uh, more, then answer the, the top question. That'd be super helpful information for us. Um, but no need to answer the second question. But if, if this is your church home, if this is the place you come to be spiritually fed on a regular basis, will you help us reach more people that are spiritually lost? We need your help. You can play a critical role. So I'm going to stop talking, and I'm going to give you just a few minutes to maybe talk with your spouse, talk with your family, or decide which service will you choose to attend, and will you choose to serve? So go ahead. Sounds like there's some great conversations going on out there. So let me draw your attention back uh, just for one final thing, and then you'll have a, an opportunity to, to answer that as you leave today. So as you're walking out uh, this door over here or this door, there's going to be some folks there holding a bucket. So that opportunity be an opportunity for you to just drop your card in a bucket. Um, again, don't need to put your name on it. You can fold it up if you want to. Um, just slide that in before you head over and check out our ministry opportunities that are over there. And tonight, we are having what we call our uh, volunteer kickoff event. So every year, we kind of follow the school calendar year. And in August, we do a kickoff for our new ministry season. And tonight's the night for that. And we have a lot of fun at this event. It's an opportunity for us, those who serve, to come together, those who are thinking about serving. So if you currently serve, please come tonight, 6.30 right here. Child care is provided. 
Um, if you are wanting to serve, um, somebody's calling. That's God right there saying serve. <laughs> right there. Answer the phone. God said serve. You can serve. Um, if you're thinking about serving, you'd like more information about that, please come tonight. If you don't ever want to serve here or anywhere in your entire life, come tonight. We have cookies. <laughs> we have cookies. They're really good cookies. And we're going to have some fun tonight. We're going to have something that's going to happen tonight that you will never forget. You don't want to watch it on social media. It won't be the same. You'll want to be here to see it live. So I would like everybody to do me a favor. Look at your um, clock, your watch, whatever. What time is it? That clock says 11.57. I historically go 10 minutes over. I am three minutes under today. Mark it down. It's a big day. Woo! If you like to hear me talk longer, come back next week. I'll go 10 minutes over. All right, so let's pray. God, thanks so much for Jesus. You leaving heaven for us. You said, hey, there's this incredible mission I've got to go on. I've got to go and rescue people who are spiritually lost. And so, Jesus, you model for us what it looks like for us to obey God the Father and take really good care of everyone and everything around us. So that's our marching orders. That's what you've told us to do. And then you've told us as a church to go into all the world, make disciples, and baptize those disciples and teach those disciples how to obey and how to take care of everybody around them. So God, I pray that you would show us how to do that as a church. And Lord, as we think about the many people, the thousands of people in our community who are spiritually lost, who are shipwrecked without Jesus, they are so close. I mean, many of them drive up and down Beltaire right in front of this facility, this little hut of refuge. Lord, I pray that our church, that each of our three services will be like a hut of refuge, a place where somebody can be rescued, a place where they can come in and say, like, I, I don't even know if there is a God, if, if he's like real or if he can be a resource to my life or not, but I found Jesus here. I was rescued by him. Lord, I pray that we as a church family would, would be so serious about that. We would be like the, the Massachusetts Humane Society and say, like, we are so serious about reaching people. We will remind ourselves on a regular basis that Jesus said, go and make disciples. Help us to transform our entire county for you. In Jesus' name, we pray this. Amen. Thanks for being here, everybody. Drop your cards on your way out and spend some time checking out our ministry opportunities. Thanks for coming.